Good evening. I hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Masechah's Gidendaf Pei Beis. Uh, we have a lot to cover because we're on Pei Aleph, Amud Beis, halfway down at a Mishnah. And this Mishnah speaks about something called a Get Kereach or a Get Mekushar. And it is a Get that was made with various folds. It was a specific Get that was made for Kohanim. Uh, Kohanim were known for their sharper, uh, more impulsive personalities. We were afraid that they were going to divorce their wives on a whim. So we created this very complicated get. You write a few uh, sentences on one, then you fold a piece of paper, stitch it down, and then you'd have that piece of paper signed, that fold signed. Then you'd write a little bit more, create another fold, stitch it down, and sign v'chule v'chule. And if it was missing a signature, it was then called a get kereach. So the Gemara says, if Kansa, the Mishnah says, halfway down on Pei Aleph on the base, if Kansa beget Kereach, if a person were to have gotten married, a woman got married based on a, a divorce, but the divorce was a get Kereach, it was a get Mekushar that was missing signatures, she would then have to be removed from all marriages. And all the stringencies, the very sharp stringencies that we learned over the years, apply to her. And the Gemara then says, get Kereach, Benanas was of the opinion that anyone can sign uh, for the open signatures. It doesn't. It could be a family member, it could be an evident, it could be a goslan, as we'll soon see those are going to be the three people that we're going to be highlighting, those three mm-hmm. categories of signatures. And Rabbi Akiva Omer, no, only family members who under other circumstances are allowed to be normal edim, here they're allowed to fill in for a uh, for a get kereach. However, uh, a gazlan is not allowed and an evet is not allowed. We'll analyze this in the Gemara. What is the definition of a get kereach, of a bald get, as it's literally translated? When the folds and therefore the stitchings of this uh, this long piece of paper that's folded and stitched down, when there are more um, folds in the paper than there are signatures, namely there's some missing signatures. And this was only used for Kohanim? So yeah, they're... that's correct. These were used for Kohanim because they... Uh, yeah, take take a look at Rashi, 15 lines down at the open of the Mishnah, and a few lines into there. It was specifically made for Kohanim, who were known to have a shorter fuse. All right, the Gemara opens about two-thirds of the way down. My time of the get kereach. What is the reason why we were so strict about a get kereach that for every time the, the, the it was mekushar that there also had to be a signature? So to that, the Gemara says, mishum kulchem. We have a gzera because perhaps the husband had said that he wanted every everyone to sign or every fold to be signed, and we're missing one. And therefore, perhaps the get is not kosher. The Gemara asks another question, speaking about our Mishnah, get that the Tanakama Ben Nanas was of the opinion that a get kereach, a bald get could have any one sign. We're right now on Pei Aleph Amud Beis, two thirds of the way down, right at the open of the Gemara. The Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva, Eved, my time below. According to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva was of the opinion that only a Karov, an immediate family member, would be able to be a signatory, but not everybody else. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva, Evid, my time alone. Why can't an Evid be a part of this? Because the Gemara says, to us, because if somebody sees that there's an Evid's name signed on there, they're like, wow, an Evid, this guy's Kashaleidus. You can't tell me that this guy's Kashaleidus. That makes no sense. Says the Gemara, okay, I understand why Rabbi Akiva might say that about an Evid, but why don't we have that concern about a Karov too? Karov Nami, also the Memar, If I have my brother sign, if you see Phil Karish on a document, uh, who's, uh, you know, the Baal Dover in a document, and Howard Karish signs, 
That's a problem. That, that's a karov. So people might think that a karov is allowed. Says the Gemara, you're right. That can't be the reason. Ella, it must be that we're concerned that a person uh, might assume that this person uh, who's signing is connected that he's considered to be a miyuchas. Says the Gemara, okay, but a gazlan the bar yuchsen who kasher. But then a gazlan who is a bar yuchsen because he has an appropriate heritage, he has a Yiddish appearance. And he's not an Evid, maybe we would have said least Kasher. And that's not the case. Our Mishnah says, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Karuf in Gazlan So therefore, that can't be the reason either as to why the Evid has been excluded. And the Gemara gives its third and uh, its third and final answer. Ella Evid, what's the reason why an Evid can't be a signer on this get Mekushar? Says the Gemara, Hainu Taima de Asu the Memar Shachrure Shachrure, because people might assume that if his name has been used, that he's actually been freed. I says the Gemara, Gazlan Nami, perhaps by a Gazlan, a person can see this person and they'll assume, just like we were concern, concerned that if an Evid was signing, we might think he's freed. A Gazlan Nami, Asu the Memar Chuba Avad. I Karov Maikala Memar. What about a Karov? Says the Gemara, the reason why a Karov is different is because Karov, Kule Alma Yode de Karofu. Everyone knows that the person's a karov. They share a last name. They look alike. I've uh, been mistaken for my siblings many times. Happens all the time. My my brother went to go speak in Eretz Yisrael somewhere and someone looked at him and said, oh my gosh, you're Phil Karish's brother. We look alike. Everybody knows we're family. So when you have someone filling in on a get makushar and it's uh, the same family, they're like, yes, it's his brother. We understand. And therefore it's mutter. But by Gazlan or Neve, there is room for confusion. That's why, according to Rabbi Akiva, <clears throat> You're allowed to have Krovim, but you're not allowed to have Avadim and Gazlanim sign. And the Gemara says, Amarib Zeira, Amaraba Bar Shilta, Amarib Hamnuna Saba, Amarib Ada Bar Ava. Get Kereach. How do we define this bald get? Says the Gemara, Ksharav Shiva, the Eid of Shisha. If you have seven Adim and six signatures, Shisha, the Eid of Chamisha, six Ksharim, six folds of the paper and only five signatures. Chamisha ve'ed of arba. You have five folds of the paper and four signatures. Arba ve'ed of shlosha. In all of these cases, ad kan machlokas ben nanas v'rebi akiba. That's when we have the machlokas of ben nanas and rebi akiba as to whether or not we allow everyone to sign, which is the shita of ben nanas, or if we only allow krovim to sign, which is the shita of rebi akiva. Aval. Had it been the case that it was Ksharav Shloshav Edim Shnayim, had it been that there were only three folds of paper and there were only two signatures, then both Rebbe Akiva and Ben Nanas, Divrei HaKol, Ein Mashliv and Alav they're only a family member can sign. And Amalei Rebzer, the Rabbi Bar Shilta, Michti, let's analyze this. Kol Shloshav B'Mekushar, Kishnayim B'Pashatami. Whenever we have three people who are signing on a get makushar, this unique get that's made for a kohen, that's the same halachic status of kishnayim as a get of, that has two signatures, but pashat tami, on a pashat, on a regular get. And what's the comparison? Says the Gemara. Mahasam karovlo, avhachanami karovlo. So Rabzeira says to Rabbi, I disagree with you. He says it must be the case that you should not be able to sign here. This was a question that I had raised myself. We're eight or nine lines from the bottom of Pe'alaf Amit Beis. And the Gemara says, this was a question for me. I asked this question to Rav Hamnuna. He didn't know the answer. Leave the case of a get that is Vimakushar, a get that has these three folds and two signatures, because that case is not the Oraisa. Remember, 
that it was the Chachamim who instituted. It was the Chachamim that instituted that by a Kohen, that we have to have a unique get in order to allow him some time to cool his uh, mood. Because he's a Kaptan, because the uh, Kohanim were, uh, whatever the right word is, short-tempered, short-fused, uh, tenacious, again, whatever that's hard to describe because it doesn't really function that way now. Now we're we're uniquely branded. Everyone's short-tempered. You don't have to be a coin. You don't have to be everyone. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> so the Gemara says, therefore, Delav del Rasa, you can't compare the you can't compare a get pashut, which is a regular get where it requires two people, and a get makusha, which requires three. And Tanya Nami Hachi, the Brisa says quite similarly. This is almost identical language to our Gemara. And uh, this is a Tosefta here in this Masechta. And the Gemara says, get koreach. What's the definition of a get korech of a bald get? Says the Gemara, Kshar of Shiva ve'ed of Shisha, seven folds of paper and six signatures, or Shisha ve'ed of Chamisha, Chamisha ve'ed of Arba, Arba ve'ed of Shlosha, that it's basically one signature less than the number of folds in all of those cases, down to four folds and three signatures. It says the Gemara, just like our Gemara, and this is the Raya that our Gemara is correct, is that Adkan Machlok is Benanas Ribakiva, and Hishlam of Eved, if the Eved were to then come in and sign, Ben Nanas Omer Havlad Kosher, because that's what we saw in our Mishnah. Because our Mishnah, the name of Ben Nana, says that uh, Hakol, that everyone is allowed to be Mashlim, even even an Eved, even a, a Goslem. Rabbi Kiva Omer, in such a case, a Vlad Mamzer, that the Vlad would actually be a Mamzer if an Eved were to sign. Aval, that's only in those cases that we have the case of the Machlokas of Ben Nanas and Rabbi Akiva. Aval, Ksharov Shloshav of Shnaim. If you have three folds in the get makushar and there's only two signatures, and therefore we see as a beautiful raif our gemara, it's almost word for word that we can see that a get get koreach is where we have a uh, a bald get. It's multiple folds of paper, but one signature short. That's considered a get koreach. And that is not valid. So Rav Yosef Masni says, wait one second. How can you say that there's any problem with this? We have one Brisa that says kosher. And we have another Brisa that says, well, Tanya, karok. So how do we, we have no idea. We don't know if this Eved's allowed to do this signature. So says the Gemara, Amara Papa, Tini kosher. That when it says karov, it actually means kosher. So the Gemara says, Amara of Yochanan, lo, uh, sorry, uh, yeah. Amara of Yochanan, lohuchshirubo ela eidechad karov bilvat. We only allow the signature when we do say that we allow. This is Rabbi Akiva Shita. When we do say that we allow one signature, what one signature is that? That's Eid Echad Karov Bilvat. Only one signature of a Karov on the Get Makushar. Aval Trelo, but it will not be two signatures. Dilma Asi Lekiyumi Betray Krovim Vachad Kosher, because if there only are three signatures and two of them belong to Krovim, that does not work because then that's a Psul in the Get inherently, because you can't have it be. That the core two signatures are Krovin. Amaravashi, Masnisa Nami Deka. This also reflects accurately in our Mishnah, as we can see on the top of Pei Bezimad Aleph. And the Gemara says, the Kamedalik Vitani Chad Shmamino. Because we can see that we're talking about a case where the numbers go down one at a time. And therefore, we see it doesn't go down two at a time. So what do we see, according to Rabbi Akiva, if it goes down one at a time, that only one karov is allowed to sign. Otherwise, we could have had variations on the brysa in the case before, where the cases didn't go from six folds and five signatures, and five folds and four signatures. It could have done six folds to four signatures. Elamai, it must be that Rabbi Akiva is right, that it's chad chad, shmamina, that only one karov is allowed to sign. 
Amar Abayi, on the top of Pei Beis Medalef, on the first and second lines, Abayi says, Shema Minah, Hai Karov Chasim, Iboyi Bein Betchila Bein Ve'emsa Bein Besov. We don't care where he signs. It doesn't matter where the blank signature is. He's allowed to sign anywhere. Mimai, what's the raya that this Karov is allowed to sign anywhere? So the Gemara says, because the Chachamim in our Mishnah and in, in the Brisa, they don't record a place where uh, this Karov is supposed to sign. That therefore implies that there is no specific place. That all three of them help to fulfill, but only one person is going to be a family member, and they, and it doesn't have to be Ritzufin. They don't have to sign the, the folds in order. If we needed the Karov to sign in a specific place, then they should have told us that, and they didn't. And therefore, there's no specific spot that the, the, uh, that the Karov needs to sign. <clears throat> and according to some, this is Rav Yanai, uh, and not Rav Ami. And according to some, this is Rav Yochanan. In other words, we're not 100% sure historically who said this line. You're even allowed to use an Evid from the Shuk, which is a nod to the Shita of Rav Yakiva. Let's review because this can be a little bit confusing. Kohanim require a unique get called the get Mikushar because they're Kaptanim and we're afraid that they're going to um, overly, quickly, reactively divorce their wives. So they came up with this extremely laborious uh, process of building a get, where you write part of a get, fold the paper, stitch it together. On every fold, you needed to have a signature. When you have a get makushar that's lacking signatures, it's called a get kereach. Halacha if there's an opening for a signature, according to Ben Nanas in our Mishnah, he says that anyone can sign. And therefore, that includes even an Eved and even a Gazlan. And according to Rabbi Akiva, only a Karov can sign and nobody else. That brings us to the end of the Parak Hadron Allah Hazorik Baruch Hashem. We finished the eighth Parak of Masechah's Gittin. We are moving along nicely, and uh, we're just about to finish this Masechta, Mirza Hashem, in another week or so. And that's going to be on Dach Tzadi. And that also means that this is the last Parak in the Masechta. Baruch Hashem, we're plugging along. This is our 19th Masechta in Shas. We're almost at the halfway mark, Mirza Hashem, when we get to Rosh Hashanah time, right after Rosh Hashanah. We'll hit the halfway mark right now. We're about 1,310 blot in something along those lines. He wrote something we should come back to this daf in seven and a half years. The next Mishnah writes on Pebeza Madalaf, a quarter of the way down, ishto. if a man divorces his wife, but when he does so, he creates a stipulation. And he says to her, You're allowed to marry anyone you want, except for this one guy that I really hate. So how do we view that? Do we say that that's still not, you know, effectively krisis? You're still connected, or do we say that it's an effective get? This is a machlok as tanaim. Rabbi Eliezer matir the chachamim osrim. Rabbi Eliezer says that they're divorced and she's good to go. She's muteris to marry, and the chachamim say osrim. No, not 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 acceptable. Not allowed. We're going to learn a lot more about this soon. So says the Gemara, Kate said, Yase, what then should they do if this doesn't work? Yidlena heimena, she should, he should take the get back from her, and then he uh, uh, and then he should again give it to her. And when he gives it to her the second time, he should say, You can marry anyone without the condition. What if What if he wrote the condition of, I want to divorce you? But you're not allowed to marry person X. What if he wrote it in? Even if he later went back and wrote and erased the names, that, that qualification of, you 
you need to get divorced. We need to get divorced, but you can't marry person X, even if they erased it from the get. It doesn't matter. Puzzle. When we look at the initial case that was presented here, that he says, your muteres rechol adam ela leploni. How do we view the word ela? Is as the Gemara recommends here, hi ela chutz. Is it except for, meaning you can we're divorced except for person X. Oh, or perhaps is it almanasu on the condition that you don't marry person X? Those are different things. The first one is building in. Uh, it's not a condition. It's just a fact. You are divorced except that you cannot marry person X. The other the other con- one is a condition which says we're only divorced if you don't marry person X. And that could create a very big problem down the road. So they're very different. And the Gemara starts to analyze this a little bit more. Do we say chutzu? That really is just a built-in rule. And the Machlokas Rebbe Lazar and the Rabbanon is here in regards to chutz. And that means that you're when, when they say, when he says to her, you, you're, we're divorced, but you can't marry person X, the Chachamim still say they're divorced. And the Chachamim argue. So that says the Gemara, the Hashir law beget. Um, and the the reason the Rabbanon argue on the Chachamim, the Rabbanon argue on Rabbi Eliezer is because Shir la beget. There's something left over in the get that wasn't done, which is that there still is a krisos here. Aval be'al menas, perhaps the Machlokas Rabbi Eliezer and the Rabbanon doesn't apply to almanas module alma because as we've spoken about a number of times in this masechta, the fact that a husband puts in a stipulation for a tnai doesn't mean that the tnai needs to be fulfilled. You may recall from many bladigo that if a husband says we are divorced on the condition almanasi, you give me 200 zoos. Ta'alacha is that they're divorced. She still has to fulfill the condition, but they're still divorced. So perhaps we'd say the same thing over here. Oh, Dilma, or perhaps the machlokas is exactly the opposite. Perhaps really almanasu, really our Mishnah, when it says you can marry anyone, elaploni, maybe what it means is you're allowed to marry anyone. You're divorced on the condition that you don't marry ploni. So then, that the Machlokas Rabbi Eliezer and the Rabbanon is under the assumption that the word Ella in our Mishnah means Almanas, that you are divorced on the condition that you don't marry person X. Aval Bachutz, but had it been that uh, the word Bachutz here, uh, that Ella means Bachutz, that it's just other than this person, then Mode, maybe everyone would agree that the get doesn't work to Hashir la Beget because something is left over in the get. Mm-hmm. So do we say, that in the open of our Mishnah, when it says, is Ella Chutz or is Ella Almanas? So to this, the Gemara says, and we're halfway down on Pei Beis Amad Aleph, and we're invoking Ravina, Amar Ravina, Toshma, we have a Brisa that functions as precedence, or at least a Raya for our Mishnah. We're trying to figure out how the word Ella is being used. Does Ella mean, except for this person, simple and glad, or does Ella mean Almanas on, on the condition? So says the Gemara, we have a raya from the world of Nagoyim. All homes, they are subject to the, to the possibility of getting a nega. And here we need to know what the word Ella means. Does Ella mean chutz except for, or does Ella mean almanas? Now, I could understand what this means. Meaning, in order for Nagoyim to be shaykh to you, you need to be a yid. And the house needs to belong to a yid. That makes perfect sense. If you say that the usage of the word Ella by Negoim is Almanas, then the way that the Brisa would read is that all houses are Metame bin Negoim on the condition that it doesn't happen by a Goy. 
That's what the Gemara says. And Almanasta lo mitmu bate of the of the kochavim who the mitmu bate Israel. Ha! But if in fact mitmu bate of the kochavim, if the homes above the kochavim would become tame, lo mitme bate Israel, and that can't be the case because we know the Torah speaks about the goyim on a house. So it can't be that the word Ella here is almanas, that the only time that the Jews have Nagoyim is when the when the Goyim don't have Nagoyim. That can't be. So therefore, the word Ella must mean simply Chutz and not almanas. And three-fourths of the way down in Be'od, and furthermore, Bate, Ovde, Kuchav, and Mimetame, could it ever be the case that the home of Ovde, Kuchav, could ever become Tame ben Nagoyim? Vihatanya, the Brisa writes, Venosati nego tzaras baveis eretzach and the Brysa writes, based on the Pasuk, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, and I will place a negat saras in your home, in your uh, in your achuza, in a, your place of inheritance. Eretz achuzaschem etamah benagoyim. Only a land that was Yerusha, that was earned inherit as an inheritance, is, is metamah benagoyim. And therefore, ve'ein bate ovdei kochavim metamah benagoyim. But that's not the case with the houses of ovdei kochavim. Ela shmamina chutzu shmamina. The Gemara therefore concludes that when our Mishnah uses the word Ella, just like its usage in regards to Nagayim, it means Chutz and not Almanas. There's no condition happening here. The husband is just saying, we are divorced and you cannot marry person X. And the Gemara says about eight lines or so from the bottom of Pei Beis Madalev that Masnisen de lo ki haitana. Our Mishnah which clearly states, and there's a machlokas Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim there, our Mishnah is not like the following b'risa. The Tanya, It's the exact opposite of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that that's where we have a machlokas. This b'risa says that's where there isn't a machlokas, but rather where then is a machlokas, if the language was specifically almanas, which is exactly the opposite of what we learned. Alman nechleku, when do Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim argue? We're two lines from the bottom on Pebez Aleph. Only al hamegarish as ishtov amar la, quote, hare at muters the chol adam almanas, lotinasi leploni, on the condition that you don't marry person X. So that says the Gemara is clearly not like our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that the machlokas is where he said chutz or ela. But here, in this b'risa, no. The only time that Rabbi Eliezer and the Rabbanon's machlokas is recorded in this b'risa is only with the language of Almanas, turning to the top of Pebez and Medbez. And we're going to head, Mir Tzashem, to the top of Pe Gimel Amadalaf, about nine lines down to the two dots there. What was the understanding of the b'risa? That the machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and the Rabbanon was with Almanas. Shrabi Eliezer matir lechol adam chutz meoso haish vechachamim osrim. That this is where they have their machlokas. Rabbi Eliezer says the divorce takes effect for everyone except for that one person, meaning she's not allowed to marry that one person. And the chachamim are osrim to say um, that uh, the divorce doesn't work at all when there's when there's Almanas. And on the second line, the Gemara questions the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. Asks the Gemara, my time of Rabbi Eliezer. What is the reason as to why Rabbi Eliezer holds that this divorce actually works? Says the Gemara, the reason why this divorce actually works when a person says, we are hereby divorced, almanas, that you don't marry person X. The answer is three lines down. These are just general loose conditions that the husband is throwing in. Maybe it's just to drive her crazy. doesn't matter. The Tanayim don't take a, don't ruin the fact that there's a divorce, and she still may have to do the condition, just like over here. 
according to the rabbis, when there's a condition of a get that's an almanas condition, that we are divorced on the condition that you don't marry person X, why doesn't that work? Because, but hacha shir get. In general, when the extra condition isn't integral to what you're doing, no problem, then you're right. Then we say that there's a tonight that we just don't care about. For example, if a husband says to a woman, you are hereby divorced on the condition that you pay me 200 zuz, then even the sheet of the rabban and the chachamah would agree there's a divorce. But here, the husband left something over in the divorce itself. It's not external. It's not we're divorced if you pay me 200. You're divorced as long as you don't marry person X. So because the condition was part and parcel of the divorce, right in the nucleus of the divorce, so therefore that doesn't work. Ha shir and in our Mishnah, where we had already said do Kimna Bachutz, our Mishnah, which was clearly talking about a case of Chutz, where we established that uh, we're talking about uh, a person who said you are allowed to be divorced and you cannot marry person X. My time at Rabbi Eliezer. Why there did that work? So the Gemara says, again, we're answering up for our Mishnah. Why did Rabbi Eliezer and our Mishnah say the divorce works? He said in the name of one great Zakein. And the Gemara says, what did this great Zakin say? Amar Kra, the Pasuk says, Even if she was only allowed to marry one other person, the din is, That's a very sharp uh, raya for the sheets of Rabbi Eliezer. And therefore the Gemara says, wait one second. If that answer is so real, we have a Pasuk and Chumash as to why Rabbi Eliezer is matir the divorce, why he allows the divorce to take place, then Virabanon, how do the Rabbanon learn this Pasuk? Because the Rabbanon say they're not divorced. But according to Rabbi Eliezer, his learning of this Pasuk indicates, a drasha from the Pasuk is, that as long as there's one person she could in theory marry, then they're divorced. Rabbanon, ish, how do you understand this? Ish, ish ish. When it says ish, it doesn't mean one person. It just means all people. And therefore, you can't have a, a get that has a limitation that says you can only marry uh, certain people. And the Gemara says, the um, Rabbi Yochanan. Um, Rabbi Yochanan gives another approach in regards to Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, no. In our Mishnah, when Rabbi Eliezer says, with the language of Ella or, or Chutz, that he says that they're divorced, what's the reason why they're divorced? Time at Rabbi Eliezer Mehacha, it's a different Pasuk. The Pasuk reads, that when a woman gets divorced from her husband, there cannot be a divorce, there cannot be another marriage. Says the Gemara, that even if she wouldn't have gotten divorced except only from her husband, and Rashi here highlights that, um, where's the Rashi? Rashi here highlights that in fact, uh, this isn't stated in the Gemara, but if you look at Rashi on the second line, Rashi says, He says to her, If that phrase were to have been said, that would have been a little bit much. But if, as long as one person's available, then they're able to get married. And what would the rabbis respond to Rabbi Yochanan's Pasuk on behalf of Rabbi Eliezer? Yeah, apples and oranges. The cases of Kohanim are always different because Kohanim are kaptanim, they have unique kit, and there's a lot unique about Kohan. Now the Gemara turns the tables. And this is a little bit of a difficult Gemara. I struggled a lot with this and had to spend some, some time looking up, not a lot of time, because I found the answers pretty quickly in the back of the Masifta. Um, and, uh, and the answer is just shocking. But let's learn this case up. We're a third of the way down on Pebez and Medbez. The Gemara says, What would be if we applied the same rules to the world of Kiddushin? 
what rules are we talking about? So take a look at Rashi. Rashi is six lines from the top of the page. And on the seventh line, Rashi says, what's the case? Where a man says to a woman, he's kadshili, marry me. You are hereby forbidden to all people, except that you're also allowed to get engaged to ploni. Now, this, of course, is very difficult because a woman cannot be engaged or married to two men. And the reason why is because we won't know whose children she's having. Because if she's Mishamesh Mitasa with two people, we don't know who the father is. No genetic testing, none of that, and it doesn't matter. So the Gemara says, if we were to have had a similar language where one man says to a woman, you're hereby married to me, um, and you're not allowed to be married to anyone else except for Shimon, so what would the din be? And says the Gemara, as we try to bring in this question from the world of Gittin to the world of Kedushim, the Gemara says we can ask this question to the Rabbi Eliezer and Tiboy the Rabbana. This question could be asked through the lens of Rabbi Eliezer as well as through the lens of the Rabbana. Tiboy the Rabbi Eliezer, the question could be asked according to Rabbi Eliezer, who in our Mishnah was Matir. Maybe Adkan lo kaomer Rabbi Eliezer hacha by Gittin that it's lenient elamishum dexivi kroy because we have psukim. Aval hasam by kedushin it's a kenyan ma'alya, but you know we need an, an exceptional kenyan, and perhaps it would not work in this language. Odilma, or perhaps maybe we can say that v'yatsa we have a hekish between the world of Gittin and the world of kedushin, and therefore it should work. Antibayla rabbanon. There's two sides to the rabbanon as well. What are the two sides to the Rabbanon? Remember that in our Mishnah, the Rabbanon said that this divorce does not work when there's a condition built in like this or when there's a chutz. But perhaps, says the Gemara, that maybe the world of Gittin is uh, very different because the world of Gittin has a stringency, has a strict nature to it in regards to <clears throat> in regards to Krisus. And there's no Krisus if you say that you're not allowed to marry that other man. Aval Hasan by Kiddushin, perhaps we'd say Kenyan Koldu that any Kenyan would work and therefore it should work. Or Dilma, or perhaps we Yatsabahisa. Perhaps we'd say that even within the Rabbanan, that there's a hekish between Kiddushin and between the world of Gittin, and we would apply all of the same rules. It says the Gemara, Levasar de Iboile, after Rabbi Abba posed the question, Hadar Pashta. He answered his own question, and what did he say? We're two thirds of the way down. Bain the Rabbi Eliezer, Bain the Rabbanan. We do, in fact, make a comparison between the world of Gittin and the world of Kedushin. And therefore, as Rashi highlights a third of the way down, Rashi says, just like he said by Gittin, he would say by Kedushin. Uh, party lines, meaning we have a full equivalence between this kind of line that's stated by uh, Kedushin, just like we would have by Gittin. And just like by Gittin, there's a machlokis Rabbi Eliezer, who's lenient with this exception that this that your divorce accept that you can't marry person X. The same thing would be true by Kedushin, that you're married, that we're married, and you're you're not allowed to marry anybody else except for person X. And the halachos stay the same according to both of them. Like Rabbi Eliezer? No, probably not, because he's a das yachid. We probably hold like the Rabbanan that this get would not uh, would not work. Yeah, that's how the Rambam holds. If you look in the Mishnah uh, at the open of the parak on Pei Beis Aleph, if you look at the Machlokas Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim, the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch in Evan Ho'ezer Simon Kuf Lamed Zayin, there uh, it seems to be like the Chachamim that if a person puts a stipulation in a get that you're hereby divorced except that you can't marry person X, the get is a zero. Doesn't count at all. We paskin like the chacham. We had to learn out both sides, but that mm -hmm. uh, that is certainly how we paskin.
And two-thirds of the way down, Abaye makes a comment. Amar Abaye, If Rabbi Abba is right, that we can extend this conditional divorce from the world of Gittin to the world of Kiddushin, then what if the following happened? Ba Ruvain v'kidsha, chutz mishimon. Ruvain goes over to Rachel and says, Harad mekudesh kudash Moshe v'Yisrael, and you're usher to all the men in the world except for Shimon. And then Uva Shimon v'kidsha, then Shimon walks up to her and says, Harad mekudesh kudash Moshe v'Yisrael, chutz Ruvain. And then Umesushneim, both brothers died. They both proposed to this woman, uh, each excluding the other person. And then they both died. The halacha is, If there's a third brother that's still alive, there is still yibum. In Maseches Yivamos, we had uh, we had learned about this idea, so quoted here in this Masechta too, that if we have uh, an Eishes Shnei Mesim, then there is no Yibum. That's not this case over here. So says the Gemara, my time, why is our case where Ruvain proposes to Rachel and says you can marry any, you can marry, you, you uh, can marry uh, anyone but Shimon, and Shimon does the same thing. My time, why is it that she is not considered an Eishes Shnei Mesim? Says the Gemara, because Kiddushay Ruvain Ahanu, the first marriage with Ruvain worked, but Kiddushay the Shimon Lo Ahanu, the Kiddushim with Shimon didn't work. So says the Gemara, what then would be the case of Eishes Shnei Mesim? So the Gemara gives a crazy case. The Gemara says, Kigon Shabar Ruvain the Kitsha, Chusmi Shimon. Ruvain goes over to Rachel and says, You just can't read, you can marry other people, you just can't marry Shimon. It doesn't make any sense, you can't marry other people. This Gemara is very difficult, and I'll explain a little bit of a Rashba in a minute. And then, And then Shimon responds by uh, proposing to Rachel, but without anything else other than a regular Kiddushin. So here we say the Kiddushin Ruvain, when Ruvain proposed to Rachel, so then Ahanu the Alma, that helped enough to forbid her to the rest of the world. The Kiddushay de Shimon Ahanu the Mesra Ruvain, and the Kiddushin of Shimon helped in regards to answering her on Ruvain. So this Gemara is very difficult. Once she received Kiddushin from anyone, from Ruvain, how can she then receive Kiddushin from another person? She's already married, and a woman can't marry twice. So the Rashba, which was quoted again in the back of the Masivta, writes that what we're talking about is you're right. They're not both married at the same time. But the Kedushin has an impact from one person to the other. When Ruvain is Mekadesh Rachel, with the condition of Shimon, she restricts her, her from being with any other person in the world because she's engaged to Ruvain. And she says maybe Shimon, but obviously that doesn't work either because you can't be married to two people. And when Ruvain, when Shimon comes in with his, it means that after Ruvain dies, there's a standing Kedushin waiting in tow that would uh, get them to be married. And five, six lines from the Gemara, the Gemara asks about seven or eight questions that will end in a teku, and that will be the end of our shir tonight in just a moment or two. The Gemara says, Boy Rava, Omar La, Abai asks the question, if a man says to a woman, you're allowed to, um, you we're getting divorced, you can marry anyone except for Ruvain Vishimon, and then he changes his mind. You are allowed to marry Ruvain and Shimon. Mahu, what do we assume about the husband's intentions? That he used to be that just Ruvain and Shimon were Asar, and, and he changed his mind about that, and now Ruvain and Shimon are allowed to be. Odilma, or perhaps. Uh, he's completely flipping his comments. So says the Gemara, it, nah, we don't know the answer to that. But im tim salomar, as we turn to the top of Pei Gimel Amen Aleph, if you want to say 
that Maida Asar Shara, that that which he said about Ruvain and Shimon initially, that you cannot marry them. Now he's saying, Shara, that you can marry them. Then what if the husband had only rescinded in regards to Ruvain? So initially he said, um, but as long as you don't marry Ruvain and Shimon. And then he comes back and says, he says, only Ruvain you're allowed to marry. Mahu, what do we assume about his comment about Ruvain? That really when he said Ruvain, he meant to include Shimon. Ruvain was just the beginning of the phrase. Or perhaps she's only allowing him to remarry to marry Ruvain, but not Shimon. We don't know. And and if you want to say that Ruvain was Dafka, then the Shimon Mahu. Then what if at, when the husband tries to recant from saying that she cannot marry Ruvain and Shimon, and his retort was, ah, I made a mistake, but the Shimon, you can marry Shimon Mahu. What do we assume? The Shimon Ruvain. Do we assume that um, that when he says that you're now allowed to marry Shimon, you're also allowed to marry Ruvain. And this, which we, he, or the reason why he only said Shimon's name is because it was the last name that he said. So when he corrected, he just went back to the last name he said. O Dilma, the Shimon Dafka, or perhaps Shimon was specific. And lastly, Boy Ravashi, what if the person said, Afla Shimon, who? Mahu, even Shimon. What are the implications of even Shimon? Does that mean af aruven kai odilma af almakai that even on ruven or even the entire world maybe she can marry everyone at this point? We don't know the answer to that issue to that to that question either. That's about eight or nine small questions, and the Gemara responds with teku. We don't know the answers to all of these things. Just to review this last little sugya, if a man says to a woman, "We're divorced on condition X," and then she rec and then he recants those conditions, so there are a whole bunch of questions. Does your your recanting have to be an exact quote of what you initially said? Can it be the first word or the last word? And to all of those questions, we say teku. We'll stop right here. Mirza Hashem will pick up tomorrow night in person. Wishing you all a beautiful night.